The amount of growth we've seen in just the last eight months has been almost surprising how quickly it happened. For 2024, we are hoping and expecting to see a lot of the same. There is a lot of talent in Washington, D.C., and we're excited about having continued growth in that space. Welcome to IP Talk with Wolf Greenfield. Today, we're joined by Libby DeMarco, a shareholder at Wolf Greenfield and co-chair of the firm's Washington, D.C. office. Libby is an intellectual property litigator focusing her practice primarily on complex patent litigation in federal district court and before the U.S. International Trade Commission, the ITC. She also handles intellectual property enforcement proceedings before the U.S. Customs and Border Protection. In this conversation, Libby highlights the impressive growth taking place in the Washington office and also a look at some ITC trends. First of all, Libby, thank you for joining us. Regarding the Washington office, which opened up in March, why did the firm decide to open that office in Washington and what excites you about co-chairing the office? Wolf Greenfield, as I'm sure you know and many of our listeners know, is devoted exclusively to intellectual property. And as an IP firm, Washington, D.C., I think has always been one of the centers of our practice, but especially over the last five to 10 years, as our post-grant proceedings group and our ITC practice have steadily grown, Washington, D.C. has just become increasingly important. And having our own space in D.C. not only supports our growing practice and our presence there by facilitating existing talent being there and having sort of a home base. But it also would allow us to draw in and hire new talent from the D.C. law schools that are there or lateral hiring from other firms who have D.C. offices. And we may not have had access to that without an office there. So I think there was sort of a growing interest as the importance of D.C. grew. We had a motivation to have our own space there. And it's something we've been working towards over the last year and years. And I think we finally saw it come to fruition earlier this year in March. Can you tell me a little bit about the recent growth and what you see ahead for 2024? Our office has been open for less than a year. And already, I think we've seen enormous growth in Washington, D.C., Over the summer, we had two new litigation associates join us there, which was huge and faster, I think, than we expected. We were were really hopeful that we'd get litigation talent there, but I think we wouldn't have any expectations. I think we would have given ourselves at least a year, but we were able to quickly identify talent that was interested, hire them, and integrate them into our group, which has been great. Later in the summer, we had Scott McEwen join us, who's a partner from joining us from Ropes and Gray. He's a preeminent post-grant practitioner with a thriving practice. And so that was a huge success story. And it's been so exciting to have him become part of the team. Just in the last month, we had another associate join us, Victor Chung, also in the post-grant group. And so the amount of growth we've seen in just the last eight months has been not only exciting, but almost surprising how quickly it happened. I think for 2024, We are hoping and expecting to see a lot of the same. You know, our firm is doing really well and we're always on the lookout for good talent. And there is a lot of talent in Washington, D.C. And so we're both open and excited about having continued growth in that space. You're co-chairing the Washington office with Dan Young. Tell me a little bit about what excites you about that, working with Dan and the growth that you've just talked about here. What really excites me about being part of the growth and being the co-chair is the opportunity to be an advocate for the office and help ensure that it has the resources and support necessary to thrive. ITC litigation is a is a predominant part of my own litigation practice. So I have a 
personal invested interest in the success of the office. But I also care a lot about the people and making sure that our office as Wolf Greenfield is cohesive, whether it's Washington, D.C., Boston, New York, we want it to have a cohesive feel. And my co-chair, Dan Young, is, I think, equally passionate about the D.C. office succeeding. And so for me, it's really exciting to have a teammate to collaborate with and to share some of the work associated and know that we're both on the same page about the importance of not only its success, but our role in supporting it and taking it seriously. And as far as you're concerned, you've spent a lot of time in Washington because of your work with the ITC. What kind of trends did you see in 2023? I don't know if these are trends that are continue on or just things that were unique to 2023. But one of the things that we've seen is a return to faster target dates. At the ITC, the target date is the timeline on which you're going to expect the commission opinion to issue. And during COVID, the target date flipped a bit, I would say, as you started to see longer target dates, both because there were changes in the ALJs that were on the ITC with some ALJs retiring, but also because things got delayed as we transitioned from pre-COVID into the virtual world and trying to figure out how that would work. There was a period of time when the ITC was waiting to figure out what to do with hearings. Uh, whether we'd be back in person. And when it became clear that things would have to go on virtually, there was some congestion as there was in district court as well. And so the target dates extended for a period of time. In 2023, you're seeing a swing back in the other direction. The ITC has a statutory mandate to conclude its investigations as quickly as possible. We're back to a full roster of ALJs on the bench. There's six of them now. And you're getting back to that sort of 16 to 18 months as the target date, whereas, you know, you were seeing 18, 19 and 20 months more frequently during the heart of the COVID pandemic. What's your advice for in-house counsel when it comes to navigating these ITC trends? One piece of advice would be to be prepared to see those earlier target dates because it tends to lead to a really fast procedural schedule. Most in-house counsel are already prepared for that to some degree when you're sued in the ITC because They do have a reputation of being faster than district court, but to the extent some companies got used to seeing those longer target dates and took some comfort in having a few extra months, I would no longer assume that that's likely to be the case. And so if if you're accused of an infringing, you're named as a respondent in an ITC complaint, I would be prepared at least for expectation setting for one of the faster timelines so that you're not taken by surprise if that's what you end up with. Now, at a recent conference, you spoke about indemnification and other issues. What are some of the best practices in that regard? Indemnification issues are what I call a passion project for me. I really, I find them very interesting, both at the negotiation stage when counseling clients for what to look for in a contract. At that stage, it's very, very client specific, and it's going to depend on whether you want reciprocal indemnification or whether you're trying to avoid indemnification obligations altogether. On the other end of it, when you have an existing contract, one of the best pieces of advice that I commonly give to clients is check your contract immediately when there is a lawsuit, because many indemnification clauses have a requirement of making the demand quickly. There can be sort of an expiration period if you don't make the request for indemnification promptly when the lawsuit is filed you may have essentially waived the right to get indemnification. And so one of the first things I often ask clients if they're sued in a capacity where 
the lawsuit relies in part on something supplied by someone else is do you have a contract and have you looked for an indemnification clause just to make sure that you don't miss the opportunity by simply waiting too long. Our thanks to Libby DeMarco for sharing her thoughts with us on IP Talk with Wolf Greenfield. We hope you'll subscribe to our series of conversations related to IP matters. Find us on Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information on legal matters related to IP, we invite you to visit our website at www.wolfgreenfield.com. Thanks again for joining us on this edition of IP Talk with Wolf Greenfield.